Hey, what up fam? It's your boy Norm, and I would like to welcome you to the next in our ongoing series, Faith and, Belief Ref Faith and Beliefs Refuted, number five. We are today going to actually catch up with the Saints Unscripted, uh, going through the Articles of Faith. We're going to catch up in their number system because he's going to deal with Articles of Faith four and five. So... Uh, we are going to listen in and we'll um, just kind of uh, respond as he goes. There are a few places in here that I'm actually going to respond to why these are not um, valid. Uh, I mean, they are what the Mormons believe, but they contradict what Christians believe and what the Bible teaches. So without further ado, we will uh, jump in and let David... Uh, start off with Article of Faith number four and five. In 1842, Joseph didn't mean to hit that button. Smith, the first prophet and president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, wrote down 13 of the religion's fundamental beliefs. Number four on the list says this. We believe that the first principles and ordinances of the gospel are, first, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, second, repentance, Third, baptism by immersion for the remission of sins. Fourth, laying on of hands for the gift of the Holy Ghost. Latter-day Saints believe this article of faith summarizes beautifully the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what it's all about. This is what Christ taught, and this is what the Church of Jesus Christ teaches. Every six months, the leaders of the church hold a conference. If you listen in, this is pretty much all they teach. Faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Repentance. Repentance. Baptism. Baptism. And the gift of the Holy Ghost. Plead for the Holy Ghost. These are the roots of our faith and the basics of salvation. We've got to believe that Christ is our Savior. We then have to act on that faith by continually repenting, turning our lives around, rejecting sin, and following in the footsteps of the God who walked before us. We cannot follow in Christ's footsteps without repenting of our sins and striving to be pure, even as he is pure. All right, let's hold up there and let's talk about that. One, yes, we need to believe that Jesus is our Savior, that Jesus, and we talked a little bit about it last week, or the last episode, and we'll breeze over it again here real quick. We have to recognize who Jesus is. We need to believe the true Jesus. Jesus said there will be false Christs, there will be false messiahs, there will be false Christs. So just because you believe in someone named Jesus does not mean you're following the Savior of the world, does not mean you're following the true Christ. You could be, which we believe the Mormons are, following after a false Christ. The Bible makes it very clear and Jesus made it very clear that he is God incarnate. He is in very nature God. But he poured out himself unto death, even death on a cross. So Jesus is God in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, God incarnate, the creator of everything, not a created being. And so this is, the, it kind of glosses into this a little bit. They don't go too far into it. But where he talks about following in the steps of the God who walked before us. I actually believe... Because we can't walk in the perfect steps of Christ ever. And the Mormons, when they're really honest, will say this. 
So what following what footsteps of the God who've walked before us? I firmly believe that they're considering the God who lived as a man on another planet, who was once a man, who had to work out his own salvation as well. That would be the only way that we could follow in the steps of a God who walked before us. We cannot walk in the steps of Christ. Jesus did not come to be an example to go, if you can do what I did, you can be saved. He came to show us that we needed a Savior, that we cannot do it. That we will not, if left to our own abilities and strengths and willingness and our, our own fleshly desires, we will all die and go to hell. But Jesus died for our sin. And he paid for the, the penalty on the cross. But it's also the fact that God, repentance is not a work that we do in order to gain salvation. Repentance is a gift that we are given by God. And I believe that it comes simultaneously. A lot of people, there's a, a lot of discussion of what comes first, repentance or regeneration, faith or regeneration. Are we regenerated? And then we have faith, or do we have faith and then we're regenerated? I think the two come simultaneously in the act of repentance. And the gift of the Holy Ghost comes immediately at that point in time when we, re when we repent. I mean, the Bible makes it pretty clear that it's not laying on of hands some days after baptism and so on that the gift of the Holy Ghost comes along. We literally are indwelt by the Holy Spirit the moment we believe in Christ. And that gift comes to us. The gift of repentance, the gift of faith, the gift of the Holy Ghost all come and they're all gifts that are given by God. So again, we can come to this place where we understand that all of our, our salvation is done completely by Christ. And there is no exaltation in the way that Mormons believe and teach that would require works to get there we are saved by christ and then we are saved to do good works the good works flow out of the fact that we are saved and they're not done in order to gain any extra favor or status or anything else you know we the old man is gone and we put on christ God can't love us any more than he already loves his only begotten son, Christ. So we can't earn or lose once we've put him on. So, and, and continual, and the other, the other thing of continually repenting, we repent and essentially we repent once we change the way we think once we are constantly going back and saying, you know, acknowledging the fact that we we slip up we fall and we can call that a, a an act of repentance but when we are saved we repent and literally the word metanoia means to change the way we think and that one that one initial act of repentance changes everything for us from that point on it causes us to no longer enjoy our sin but we hate our sin and we continue to work uh, not to gain salvation, but we, we, we strive to uh, mortify our sin and kill it, ultimately. 
So that's a lot to say that what this teaching, this again, this is everything that Mormons believe. And he, he's not lying to you about the fact that Mormons believe, but it contradicts what the Bible teaches. Another set of Christ's footsteps that we must follow is baptism and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, which leads us to Article of Faith number five. We believe that a man must be called of God by prophecy and by the laying on of hands by those who are in authority to preach the gospel and administer in the ordinances thereof. Latter-day Saints believe we have to be baptized by someone holding the authority to baptize, which we call the priesthood. We believe that authority is conferred only by the laying on of hands from someone who already holds that authority. We believe Christ gave priesthood authority to the apostles, leaving Peter in charge of the church Christ had organized. The Catholic faith believes Peter continued to pass down that authority in an unbroken succession, and that that authority still resides in the Catholic Church today. Latter-day Saints on the other... Alright, so here's a couple of things. One, there's no biblical evidence of laying on of hands, of passing on this, this priesthood, um, or that there's a required one that we have to be baptized. Now, yeah, we should be baptized, but there are issues where we, again, every, we always end up going back to the thief on the cross. That Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise, and this, the, this man was never baptized. Baptism for the dead, we're going to get to later when he gets to that, which is a whole different subject. But, so, there are circumstances where baptism does not regenerate. We, we are not regenerated by baptism. Our sins are not literally taken away by the waters of baptism. Our sins are taken away by Christ. They were put on the cross. When we have repent and put our trust in him, our sins are forgiven. Baptism is an, a sacrament uh, that we do to publicly proclaim what we have done. And the authority issue, one, Jesus in the Great Commission all authority is his and we act out of his authority and none of our own issue with with priesthood is the fact that one the there's only one priesthood that was passed along from one person to another and it was passed along through genealogy and heredity and and uh uh i guess heredity um but through the line of Levi, from Aaron, the Aaronic priesthood, or the Levitical priesthood. That was the only priesthood that was passed from person to person, and it was passed as they were born into it. You had to be a Levite to hold the priesthood. And that's biblical, and it's clear. And then, But when Christ was sacrificed once for all, the need for that priesthood is gone. We no longer need that priesthood to do sacrifices, and that was what it was for. That need for that priesthood is gone. The Melchizedek priesthood, which supposedly is what gives them, and well, no, the Aaronic priesthood gives them the ability to baptize, because priests at 16 can baptize. But the Melchizedek priesthood is a priesthood that is held by Christ and Christ alone. It says in scripture that it is intransferable. It is immutable. It doesn't, it doesn't transfer from one to another. Christ and Christ alone will only ever be the priest after the order of Melchizedek. And that's it. And that's what Christians believe. And, and again, I'm not refuting the fact that Mormons believe this. But biblically and 
according to the Church of Christ, there is no need for a priesthood authority. Now, some churches believe that elders have to administer these sacraments. Others don't. We at our church, we, um, we, I generally do a lot of baptisms. Um, I just happen to be the guy that's always available to get in the, the tank because I don't do a whole lot else as an elder in the church. But any of the elders have done it. And it, a lot of times when I have a kid that is being baptized, I will ask that kid's dad to come in and baptize them. Because again, as Christians, we all have the authority through Christ. We are given that. It's his authority. We just act underneath it with the ability to baptize. It's like when Philip went and the eunuch was like, baptize me now. Paul talks about the fact that he doesn't even remember half of the people that he baptized. And some were baptized by this guy and that guy and the other. And Paul didn't remember who all he baptized. So it's not the matter of, of, of having to have an authority to baptize. But Christ has that authority, and as believers in him, we are able to work under Christ's authority to baptize. On the other hand, believe there was a general apostasy or falling away from Christ's teachings after his death and the death of the apostles. We believe that... Okay, and so in this again, we're going to... We'll probably deal... I believe there's another article of faith that, faith that actually deals with the apostasy. Um, but... The belief that all the authority of Christ disappeared off the earth for a time would have to say that Christ was a liar when he said that upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Saying there's a complete apostasy and all of the, the authority of Christ disappeared is really calling Christ a liar. That similar to past eras, priesthood authority was lost because of the wickedness of the people and would need to be restored. We believe the resurrected John. So Christ's church doesn't stand, can't stand against the wickedness of people. That, I mean, you're calling Christ a liar. On the Baptist restored that authority to baptize through the laying on of hands to the young prophet Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery on May 15, 1829. We believe the gift of the Holy Ghost is something that can also only be given through the laying on of hands by someone holding priesthood authority. While the Holy Ghost can touch anyone, we believe the gift of the Holy Ghost allows him to be one's constant companion so long as the receiver is worthy. So, so again, here we come into this whole thing of we read scripturally that the Holy Ghost indwells us at the moment of our belief in Christ and the moment of our repentance. It is not, I mean, we see places where they laid hands and people spoke in tongues and so on. But we also see places where people spoke in tongues and received the gift of the Holy Spirit without laying on of hands. So, again, the Holy Spirit comes through, through the authority of Christ, um, through our repentance and belief in Him. The Holy Spirit is not constrained by the authority of a human being giving that gift to somebody. So to wrap things up, we believe the gospel of Jesus Christ can be summarized in faith in Christ, repentance, baptism, the gift of the Holy Ghost, and enduring faithfully until the end of our lives. We also believe authority is essential for baptism and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, also called confirmation. We believe that authority resides within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Figuring out whether or not you believe it is frankly between you and God, or if you're just interested in hearing more about what we believe, go ahead and follow the link in the description. So, to finish it off, 
Um, we believe as Christians that the essentials of the gospel is that we are sinners. We are destined for hell if we continue on in our sinful lifestyles, um, trying to rely upon our own works or our own abilities to save us. Jesus lived a perfect life. God incarnate lived a perfect life and went to the cross to pay the penalty that we deserved to present us with a righteousness that we did not. And that in, in do in repenting and we need to repent and put our trust in his work and his work alone and none of our own so that no man can boast. We repent and we put our trust in Christ and then we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit given to us by the authority of Christ. And that is where all good works flow out of is the fact that we are saved and we are, are the Holy Spirit is living within us. And that's what Christians believe are the essentials of the gospel. It has nothing to do with our own works. It has nothing to do with our own authority or anything like that. It's all based on Christ and his drawing people to himself and his salvation and the Holy Spirit convicting us of our sin and drawing us to the, to the Lord Jesus Christ. So there you go, guys. There's uh, Articles of Faith 4 and 5 dealt with. Uh, refuted if you will and so we'll as soon as they get article of faith number six we will come to you with article of faith number six so as always preach the gospel at all times use words they are necessary until next time soli deo gloria